My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest today is Demetria Stallings. Demetria is a speaker and worship leader whose love of people has taken her all over the world. Her fiery disposition, which is so true, is only matched by her generous spirit. And as she sees it, everyone has a gift and everyone belongs. That is what she practices and that is what she preaches. From helping establish prophetic schools and assisting healing ministry overseas to pouring into the lives of young women, Demetria has made her life about showing people God's redeeming love. She connects with the souls of others, reveals the hearts of people in the limelight, through TV interviews, and she allows others to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit through prophetic worship. Demetria, I'm so excited that you're here. Welcome to Hear Us For Her. It is an honor to be here. I'm so excited to be with you, Erin. So I can't believe it's been so long since I saw you last. And for those (laughs) listening, guys, I first met Demetria way back in March when Brent and I flew to Virginia to be on the 700 Club. And I meet this joyful, positive light of a woman in the green room and am immediately blown away just by her optimism and just the light radiating off this woman. She just radiates joy. And I just remember you have the best memories of you bustling around the studio back and forth with your headset. (laughs) It was so official. Um, And I know you joined the team at CBN, uh, that's Christian Broadcasting Network, as a regular worship leader and a co-host back in 2008. And you're working as a producer now on both the 700 Club and 700 Club Interactive. What do you love about the work you get to do at CBN? You know, I think um, it's a twofold thing that I love, and it's kind of in the same um, vein, is the people that get to come come through CBN. One, um, we have a moment to really serve them and to really um, just love on them and to help them in whatever capacity of letting their message get out, um, to include like just sitting with them and just encouraging them or praying with them. But also, I love the nuggets that I get to receive from the individuals such as yourself like when you and Britt was there it was just amazing to hear your story but also to gain nuggets from you all from what you guys have walked through and I tell everybody this when people ask me so how it is how is it when you meet all the guests and I said you know it's 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 interesting that even if I don't have a long conversation with them even watching their disposition and watching how they interact with other people and watching or, or listening to the conversations that they have with other people, I'm always getting at least one nugget that I get to put in my bag to take with me for my life journey. So that is one of the things that I love about working with CBN. It's so awesome. And will you just walk us through like what your responsibilities are? I mean, what does a typical day of work look like for, I guess, like a week because you're planning episodes and just coordinating <laughs> yeah. everything. And we walk us through just what, what work looks like for you. 
it's quite interesting. It is busy. Let me say that at the least. But um, pretty much my job title is guest segment producer. So all the guests that come through um, for 700 Club or 700 Club Interactive, I am producing their set and their segment. So I'm making sure that I have all the visual aids. I'm making sure that um, the hosts have the books or um, movies that the guests are about. And I'm making sure that it's organized to make the guests look their best. But I also um, have time with them in the green room where I'm telling them exactly where they're going to be on the show and um, walking them out to the show and then going in the green room to call any type of visual aids that will will help. And that's one capacity of my job. Well, there are different projects that I'm involved with as well with um, with CBN. There are times that I get to interview different guests as well on special um, outlets and platforms, especially um, the CBN News um, Facebook Live. There's a lot of interviews that I've done there. Um, I have interviewed other people on different outlets there. And then they also have me do some teachings off and on um, in their prayer movement for 700 Club Interactive. So it is quite busy, but it's fun. See, and I love that what you're talking about right now is like highlighting everybody else. The guest comes in, you get to interview them and you like all the work you do. A lot of the work, some of it is on camera, but a lot of it is behind the scenes. Yeah. And what I love yeah. about what we're doing right now is we're highlighting you and we're going to let oh. you like we're going to let you unpack what God's done in your life. And we're going to start way back at the beginning. So and I know a little okay. bit about you, not just from when we met, but just from researching you to prep for this interview. But let's go back a little bit. You were born in Germany, raised in Hawaii. Your dad was in the military <laughs> and then you moved to Virginia. So we walk us through just those early years and how you ended up kind of all over the map and then and then into the United States. Yeah, totally. So yeah, born in um, born in Germany, raised in Hawaii. My brother, I have two brothers. So Joseph and Timothy, who are amazing brothers, might I add. And Joseph and I live here in Virginia now. But um, growing up in Hawaii was like phenomenal. I mean, like the beaches were amazing. After school, mom would take us to the beaches and we would what we like to call chillax. Um, and the water was so beautiful. But it's crazy because like later years, like a 17, I was 17 when we moved from Hawaii to um, Virginia. My dad wanted to retire in Virginia and uh, because he was closer to his family there. And so he did so. And I was like, mom, dad, what in the world? My senior year in high school, we're moving. But I'm so grateful for that because, and it's crazy because sometimes we look at situations in life like, man, this sucks or what is really going on or this doesn't feel too comfortable. Um, but it actually was a good thing because me moving here um, in my senior year in Virginia um, actually helps me educational-wise. Um, the system in Hawaii is a little different from the East Coast. So um, I got to really dig my heels in and grow and learn in areas that um, they didn't highlight so much in Hawaii. So American history was more prominent here in Virginia as opposed to Hawaiian history because Hawaiian history is important there in Hawaii. So um, I was able to see and to grow in that area and then also be able to... Um, uh, what's the word I want to say? Be able to push myself because I felt intimidated coming from Hawaii here in education and all my peers seemed to be ahead of me. But I took time and I would go with my teachers and I would ask them if they would have time with me after classes in school. And they did that. And I um, ended up graduating with honors where I felt like I was super behind, but ended up graduating with honors in high school because of that. So Virginia has now been home, but 
praise be to God, he has linked me with different people and now traveling different places. So does that answer that question? It totally does. And and as you, you know, so you moved to Virginia and the transition of that. And I love that you talked about, the, you know, the high school time and it being a challenge, but how God kind of saw you through that and you ended up doing the work that was needed, that it was needed at the time to really put yourself in a good position to start college. And I know you majored in English and I wanted to ask, did you jump straight into a master's program, you know, post bachelor's or did you start working? Like what did that post, um, post collegiate experience look like for you? You know, it's crazy. God has really ordered my step throughout Mm -hmm. my life and I wanted to be a lawyer. I, after um, college, um, with getting my bachelor's degree, I was like, you know, I'm going to be a lawyer. Let me study for the LSATs. Well, I did the LSATs and didn't do too well with it. And I said, well, I'm going to take a year off and just study for the LSATs. And my mom came to me and, um, in a conversation and said, you know what, Demetria, maybe you should just jump into getting your master's degree and then switch into lawyer, uh, and being a lawyer and studying that. And I was like, mom, I don't know about that because what would I study? You know, this is my heart right now. And she was like, well, what is it that you already know? And she was like, you already know the Bible. And see, at that time, the reason she said that is because I wanted to go to Regent University, which is in Virginia, and that's linked to CBN. See, it's crazy how God orders my steps. Isn't that and, funny? <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I love how he does that. If we really will just really sit back and, and, and listen and trust, you know, the life is a challenge, yes, but also in that challenge is allowing ourselves to grow, to listen, and to hear his voice. So, and he comes in different fashions. My mom right there, God used my mom. And I believe that was his voice saying, how about you just go ahead and go to Regent, get your foot in the door, study, get a master's maybe, or start the process and then switch to being a lawyer. Well, I listened to her. Um, I took whatever test that I had to, um, got into Regent University and practical theology was my focus in the divinity school. And I fell in love with it to the point where I was like, I don't know if I want to go to law school anymore. And um, I stayed in Divinity School and grew there. And from there, end up meeting Gordon Robertson, who is the CEO of um, CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network. And he became a mentor and started traveling with him, um, uh, doing worship, my brother and I, in different um, countries, the Philippines, Cyprus. This God just started opening a lot of doors started doing things with him. And from there, things just started developing where I was starting to grow in television and media after I graduated with my master's in practical theology. Um, but my focus was coaching and mentoring. Um, and yeah, like, again, it's almost like this thing where we might not understand the fullness of what's ahead of us, but if we can really recall some of the things that he's already done with us, we can see the pattern of how our life falls out or comes out. And a lot of that has to do with the trust and being still and listening and listening to his voice, whether that's through a person or whether it's through a magazine, reading an article or a book or just him, his still small voice. So, yeah. That's so true. You, and and you touched on it for a second, but you know, you've got all these opportunities and you meet Gordon Robertson and then you're traveling and worshiping and all of this amazing stuff is going on. But I know there was some challenges during that time too. So will you talk a little bit specifically in a relationship, but I know you're trying, you have all this stuff going on at work and then the relationship piece. So will you walk us through just that, that struggle and what you saw God doing in, in, in that process? Yeah, sure. So a couple of years goes by after um, I um, graduated from um, 
getting my master's and then ended up working for CBN first starting out as leading worship and it developed into a, a position at CBN where I was being trained to be a talent and doing some interviews and um, having a lot of fun traveling with worship. I go to, I was then asked by some friends that were going to um, uh, be in South Carolina doing a conference, a youth conference, and they said they needed a worship leader. So um, they asked me to join the band and I did that. And there I I met my uh, now ex-husband, um, and uh, we um, built relationship. He was from another country. We grew and fell in love, and all this stuff started happening. And um, my family meeting his family, vice versa, and it went on a fast track, uh, really fast track. And we end up being married in two thousand nine. December 2009. Um, but after that, um, you know, trusting God, I'm like, wow, my life, you know, you think, man, my life is really good now. I'm married, um, working on CD projects, traveling the world, doing worship, working at the Christian Broadcasting Network. And man, this is fun. You know, um, uh, the honey, after my honeymoon, it was crazy because it seemed, and I, I wasn't aware that, um, my husband was dealing with bipolarism as well as um, drug and alcohol and different things that he was dealing with. And um, it became where it was very verbally abusive relationship. I was still doing all this other stuff, but then going home feeling depressed and scared and not knowing what was going to happen next in the relationship. Um, and I felt like I was living, to be quite honest, a double life where I was at work or interviewing people or being part of then what they call the spiritual webcast where we had different speakers coming in and they would preach and we would host them and do worship for that event as well as interview them all these amazing things going on, but then this broken piece in my life and relationship was happening. And um, I had to literally ask God, God, do I really know who I am? I started questioning my identity, who I was. I started changing a lot because I started going inwardly because I was afraid, and I'm not sure how many people feel this, but afraid to even share what they're walking through because they feel shame. And they feel discouraged that they made a wrong choice and that they feel that their choice that they made was so wrong that if anybody else heard the choice that they made and the effect of that choice, that they would feel like they would be judged. And so I walked through this um, double life of putting a face on um, and and continually going, not telling anybody what I was really walking through in my marriage. Um Let's fast forward a little bit. There was a time that God gave me some dreams um, during the marriage. And um, I end up feeling that God was saying, Demetria, you know, it really hurt me that you, what you walk through. Um, but I'm here to rescue you and I want to take care of you and all of this. And so I set on a journey to really evaluate and myself and to really start reaching out to those I felt were mentors in my life to include my parents and, you know, and different people that were in that position to talk to them and tell them what was really going on. And it was really bad. <laughs> and I ended up even losing a baby through the stress and things of that nature, having a miscarriage. And even the shame of that felt like it was all my responsibility. But I went away 
to um, minister in Iceland at one point, and uh, God really met me there, and I ended up staying there three months to uh, through the process of the divorce, and God really spoke to me, and I feel like I need to share this story when it comes to the shame, is as I was in Iceland recovering and healing for three months, um, I went away to one of the um, summer houses of the pastors at that time that I was with, and I walked through the door. Nobody was in the country. It was literally in the country, and I walked in the house and I felt the Holy Spirit asking me what I wanted to do. And I said, and one of the things I love is watching movies and he is concerned and he loves what we love. And so he said, Hey, why don't you watch? He's like, well, let's do that. And so I went in the living room, looking all over the place to see if they had a DVD, put the DVD in, watched it. And I felt like the Holy Spirit sat literally with me and was there to comfort me. And I just began to cry. And I felt like he was like, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And in that process, I knew that he was going to heal me. And regardless of the shame that I felt, that he was there to wipe that away. And so God began to deal with me at an early age or or even in that early stage of ministry of not allowing shame to cover me or the effect of what I felt like people would judge me in, but also to have this grace for myself and to love myself and to love God enough to walk through the process of healing and to walk through the process, whatever that looks like, to walk through the process of healing and therefore not walking in shame, but also knowing how I could honor God, honor myself, forgive and honor even my ex-husband and honor those that were even involved in all of that. So it was a whole new process of not allowing a what my quote unquote um, status or circumstance to define me and to find identity, even though I felt like I had lost it, but to find identity in the broken place. So, yeah. Oh, you're such a good encourager. I have to ask, what movie did you watch? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I hate saying what a movie, but I'm going to say it for this. It was Legend of the Falls. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is amazing. God uses everything. You don't have to be embarrassed. That movie was awesome. (laughs) It is good. (laughs) Brad Pitt with the long, flowing hair. Um, It's a very, very depressing movie, but oh man, (laughs) you did need the Holy Spirit to come for you after watching that movie. It's like so sad. That is hilarious. Oh, I love I love the that dichotomy awesome. of that though, because it's like this really depressing movie, but like here you are feeling like amped up and built up and comforted and peaceful because the Holy Spirit's yeah. like in the room with you and it's such it's it's so funny because that movie's depressing, but you probably have a great memory about like a positive feeling you were having during the whole time. Exactly. I love exactly. It. Because he was there. That was so cool. Okay, so so you have this encounter, you know, you feel like the spirit of God is over you. Like when did I mean did everything come to a head in your marriage? Like what happened after that? you know, in the short term, like what was practically, like, how did you move forward? Yeah. So the divorce was final. And when it was, it was crazy because I was in Iceland, Aaron, I was in Iceland three months and I felt like I was healed, you know, just, Mm. and, but when coming back to America, not realizing that the people that walked with me in my marriage or realizing that, cause it was really public when I got married. I mean, it was on CBN grounds. It was like, Oh, it wasn't like I mean, a under the you know under down- radar ceremony, right? I'm sure it was because right. you know you work in media, so it's like in everyone's face, right? Exactly. I mean, we even announced it on when I was actually hosting with Gordon on one of the shows one day. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was that big. So I was like, oh yay, thank God, I walked through this healing for three months, walked through some practical counseling as well as like spiritual leadership 
talking with me and walking through things, reading the Bible, all pumped up, get back to America. And others weren't ready because they too, they hadn't seen me. Mm. They had to walk through, oh, Demetria is now divorced to include pastors and leaders that had me come to their church to do worship and stuff like that. And I wasn't ready for that. Mm. And so there was a whole nother process of growth and even honoring to the point where there was a pastor that I went with that had to speak at a church and their pastor that we spoke in their church wasn't ready for me to lead worship or to sing or to minister in any capacity because I was divorced. And I took that to heart. It hurt so bad. But I ended up growing in that moment because it was like, Lord, do I allow somebody's uh, what they're processing to define me? You know, or am I going to allow myself to grow in this, to give grace there because they're walking through their own process and to love them and to honor them regardless and to show them love? You know what I mean? Like it just, I had to walk through that process so that I could grow and know who I was regardless of the scarlet D or the scarlet A, red letter, you know, that could be on our chest because of whatever we walk through, whether it's a divorce, whether it's where you feel like you've you dropped out of school or whatever it is. I mean, where do you feel like you failed somewhere? God can use that circumstance to allow you to grow. So that happened. And then I started just really getting time away from the crowd. If you will, I came back to work and instead of being on camera, you know, one of the hardest things was even having a conversation with Gordon where Gordon was like, Hey, you need to sit down and heal. And I'm thinking I already healed, you know, but there was still stuff. But I had to heal. I had to step off off from the camera and to grow behind the scenes. I would not know how to produce segments. I would not know how to interview the way that I do if I didn't have that moment where taking and humbling myself and allowing myself to say, okay, people need me to heal in their eyes, whatever that looked like. I'm going to sit, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to walk this process out. And I'm so grateful for that because I would not be doing probably half the stuff that I get to do, that God has opened the doors for me, whether it's interviewing um, Devon Franklin or different people um, or interviewing whoever or just having the time to produce segments. So um, I walked that out and now the grace on my life to do what I do is phenomenal. It just blows me away and I can see people in different lights. I love them for who they are. Even if I might have a moment that somebody might say something to offend me, I stop, I take a moment, I breathe and say, God, where are you in this space? Where are you at? What are you doing in here? And show me how to love the individual, regardless of what they said or have done. Because at the end of the day, it has, yeah, God wants to use us, but his name being made famous is more important. And us forgiving and loving and being the hands and feet of Jesus, whether that's in our silence. We, I might never, ever get another mic. I might never, ever be asked to be on a, another podcast. But am I going to be able to allow my life in silence to speak louder, louder than what I would say verbally? You know what I mean? And that's through love. Oh, I do. I know. I know. So many people listening to this podcast are so encouraged right now. It's it's so cool to have you describe the perspective you gained and what you're really talking about is building empathy and how God healed Come and on. redeemed a really a really difficult challenge in your life and has turned it around and is using it to bless people. He's using your story to encourage people. It's just it's so cool 
to hear and as a parent who desperately wants to teach my daughter you know you really need to see have perspective and gain insight yeah. into people's lives and how are we going to love people we love people by knowing what they need and the value we can provide and it's so Come cool on. to hear you say that i love it so much um i want to ask you too cuz i know a big creative outlet for you has always been music you've been singing since you were <laughs> so small but i'm curious yeah. i'm curious what role you know you go to iceland you're there for 3 months and you said that that played an, an you know a significant role in your healing what role has music played in, in your healing the transformative power of jesus on your life what what has music been for you throughout that process you know I love that you asked me that because for me, it has been such an outlet of the power of Christ, the love of Christ, but also my own heart there. Um, the, the latest CD that I did, um, and I was praise God, like God worked it out where I was even nominated for a Grammy as letters of the heart. And, um, I wanted to show that there were letters on my heart. There were actually letters that made sentences to talk about the pain and what I needed, what I walked through. But I also wanted to show that there was glory in the pain and that there was letters that God was writing for my heart. There is a mentor of mine. His name is John Chisholm in Nashville. Amazing man. Um, I sat with him the uh, other day. He came to Virginia and he said, you know what, Demetri, a lot of um, artists, um, write and they write well, but my my question for them is, what really is your heart like? What is that that compels you to love the way you do? What is it that compels you to uh, like? What is the message of your heart? And to focus on that. And so, music for me has been an outlet to help what I'm speaking verbally. to put it into a sound because we can talk all day, but there's something that music has that not just spoken word has. It has something to deal deep within where you add strings and you add instruments as a person is listening to those lyrics. It goes to another part of the heart. It doesn't just encourage. It actually goes deep into the soul and it connects with the soul and vibrations that come out allows a person to hear even a tune later on and can remind them of a lyric. So if I'm in a Starbucks or if I'm in a coffee house and I hear a certain um, sound, it will remind me of a place that I have been. You know what I mean? It brings back to recall and it will remind me of the encouragement or the perspective that I've had. And it keeps me going in another uh, Vein. So for me, music has been such the engine, if you will, to my vehicle, the engine, whether it's other people's music or even music that comes out of me, it has become the engine which in which allows my vehicle to move. See, and music impacts so many of us in so in a lot of profound yeah. ways. I, I think, you know, just the little nugget that I can leave people with as we wrap up is just that, I mean, your unique expression in music cannot be created or or, um, you know, copied in any way. It's, it's what God put inside your heart. And I love that the title is letters of the heart. Like God wants to speak to us and he has messages for us. And he's got, he's got things to share that he then wants to like, we're not supposed to sit with those things. Like God writes us a letter on our heart and we just like sit and feel really great about it. Like, I love that your unique expression in music and in everything you do, whether it's posting, let love be your language videos on Instagram or, 
just when you're out, you know, worshiping and singing and, and raising your hands to the Lord, or you're encouraging, you know, a group of women, your unique expression is the is the outward proof of what God did in your heart and what he wants to do in the hearts of other people. So I just, I love that we get to, to highlight you and just let you share about everything that's going on. We didn't get to talk about Letters of the Heart, the nonprofit and the projects that you're working on, but I am going to get the links to all of the work that you're doing and just Aww. how people can connect with you up on our site because, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast is to be able to point our listeners to women like you who are just trying to be faithful to a calling, who God has done mm-hmm. a work on them, a work on their heart. He's got a message for them and a hope. And they're now turning around and trying to express that hope in an outward way, in a way that's going to touch lives. So you are just such a blessing. I'm so glad you took the time to be here today. Oh, thank you so much, Erin. I appreciate it. And, and being here with you is encouraging to me. So I so appreciate how you're letting love be your language. So awesome. So Demetria, at the end of each episode, we wrap up with three rapid fire questions. It's called the scoop. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So obviously Heroes for Her is the name of our podcast. We love heroes. When you were a little girl, who was your hero? Oh, that's a good question. When I was a little girl, who's my hero? I would have to say, oh my goodness, that's <laughs> so good. You stumped me, Erin. You stumped me. I win. <laughs> <laughs> you won. <laughs> that is a great question. I love it. Um, as a little girl, see, I had several different. Women that I, you know what, Cece Winans. Let me say that. I mean, my mother was somebody I looked up to, and my grandmother. But I, I like, I liked, loved listening to Cece Winans' voice and just watching her because she oozes grace. Like she is so graceful. But her her music, like even as a even as like seven and eight and nine and growing up, like I fell in love with Cece Winans and how. She was able to take people to another place through worship. So even at that young age, I knew who she was and what she was doing. So I admired that. You know, I always wanted to do that because watching her. So second question, what is a piece of advice you've received that has impacted your life in a powerful way? Be still. (laughs) You don't have to figure out everything. Um, had a conversation with a friend um, when I was going through something really uh, difficult. And she was like, Demetria, be still. You don't have to figure out everything. And it's okay to have a moment. It's okay to be in the space that you are in. So that, yeah, was very impactful for me to breathe. Last question. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? (laughs) Traveling wherever I could go so that I could have more impact for the kingdom of God. Oh, I uh, just love appearing. that one. <laughs> That's so good. I mean, you only get <laughs> one. <laughs> you can only travel or disappear. You can't do both. Right. Well, I guess if you're traveling somewhere else, you're disappearing from the place you're in. So it makes sense. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that is so awesome. Demetria, as we wrap up, will you just let everybody know the best way to connect with you, find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, sure. People can go to DemetriaStallings.com and all my social media outlets are under DemetriaST when it comes to Twitter and um, to Instagram. Love Instagram, but Facebook, you can um, type my name in and you'll find me. Sounds good. Demetria, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode, or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at biblebells.com. Just let go.